You're listening to A Practical Guide for Growing Up. If you are the parent of tweens, teens, or almost adults, this podcast is for you. Stick around, you won't want to miss it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Practical Guide for Growing Up. I'm your host, Angela Palsrock. In today's episode, we're going to talk about failure and why, as a parent of tweens, teens, and almost adults, it's important for parents and guardians and even employers and educators to allow our youth to fail. Stick around. You won't want to miss it. everybody and thanks for listening today. So in this episode, we're going to talk about failure and specifically why it is appropriate, not just for parents or guardians, but for educators and employers to allow teens to fail. What that does in terms of helping them to build better practical skill sets. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage parents, guardians, and other adults who work with or live with teens to communicate in such a way that you're giving them information that can be applied in a practical setting. And failure is is important. It's important to experience while your child is living at home with you in the confines of a place where that failure is not going to be a fatal mistake, right? And in fact, I would say that the number one purpose of parenting as your child moves through adolescence and into adulthood is to allow them multiple opportunities to fail safely. So failure is pretty important. But I want to share with you a story, an anecdote from my life as a parent of teens back in the day. And I think that a lot of parents will relate to this experience. When my kids were in middle school, they had a science fair. And like a lot of kids are prone to do, they got the assignment and thought they had plenty of time to put something together. And of course, it got put on the back burner until, drum roll please, the night before the science fair was scheduled to occur. Now, It's always been my personal philosophy that when my kids put forward a sincere effort to do something, I support them in that effort, okay? But in this instance, they waited until the 11th hour, the last minute, to tell me that they had a science fair and that they needed poster boards, that they needed to come up with a project, all this sort of thing. I know a lot of parents who would have just done the project for their child, but that wasn't my particular style. However, I still didn't want them to miss the mark entirely. So what I did was I insisted that they choose something that could be quantified in a numerical way and that they do the experiment and they come up with the data on their own. And then I helped them make the board. And it was a late night for everybody. It was stressful for them. It was stressful for me. And it was not a moment that I wanted to recreate. And interestingly enough, we didn't have that ever again. 
But I think the reason that they both came away, they were they were close enough in grade and age that they had a similar, it was, it was kind of a two-for-one deal. <laughs> um, but I think the value of that was that it gave them both an opportunity to fail. I made it very clear that because they had not managed their responsibility for that particular class, that I was okay with them failing that that particular assignment if that's what it meant for them to understand that it was important that they take responsibility for their own schedule. Now, does that mean that I wanted them to get a zero? No. Um, did I want them to be humiliated in front of their class or their peers or their teacher? No. Did I want them to be scarred for life or think that I didn't want to help them? No. But I insisted that they come up with something because if they were going to wait till the last minute, it wasn't going to be me that fixed the problem. It was going to be them. My dad used to have a saying back when I was younger and living at home that lack of planning on your part does not create an emergency on mine. And I never understood what that meant until much later in my life, like so many things. But this was one of those moments where I wanted them to grasp the concept that just because they had failed to plan didn't make it an emergency for me. And my stress was supportive stress because I knew that they were gonna have to figure something out and it probably wasn't gonna be an A grade. Interestingly enough, one of them did go beyond the initial uh, school level science fair. I can't remember what the project was, but it ended up going to like the county level, not the state or even the national level, but it wasn't too bad. Um, and I think because he did enough uh, data collection and he laid it out in a really nice, neat chart and everything else. But, um, you know, I made them follow through on that obligation and I was willing to let them fail if necessary to help them understand the value of paying attention. Now, that doesn't mean that it wasn't a challenge for me as their mom to not wanna come in and fix the problem for them. But it does mean that I was, I was not happy with them and I was not happy with myself because I felt like I had fallen short and not specifically making it clear that they needed to handle their schoolwork. And, you know, they were in middle school. They were in like seventh or eighth grade at this point in time. So they knew the value of planning things out. And like I said, it was one of those situations where they had gotten the assignment earlier in the year and they thought they had plenty of time and it just kept getting put off. And then all of a sudden it was last minute, I'm going to get it done. I have seen firsthand the value of the lesson that can be learned in failing at something. And I think that we live in a society where failure is treated like it's, it's absolute and, and permanent forever. And the truth is that failure is a great opportunity to learn about a particular experience or to figure out which character traits we as individuals need to work on and reshape, right? 
And so when we step in and we seek to avoid allowing our kids to fail, when we set them up for success 100% of the time, or we work to minimize the pain of failure every single time, we're actually doing them a disservice. Any adult can attest that adulthood and life out in the adult world is filled with failure, okay? And the hope is that as your child progresses through adolescence and gets closer and closer to adulthood, those, those catastrophic moments are, are less and less, right? Again, you want them to fail in the safety of home. You want them to learn these lessons while they've got room to grow and while they have support to help them understand what it was they did wrong, how to correct it, and how to recover from that, okay? But allowing for failure and even encouraging failure is not a bad thing, particularly when it comes to building and developing practical skill sets. So a good example is driving. Okay, that's a big milestone that a lot of teens have. And of course, it opens the door for independent experience out in the world at large, right? Once your child begins to drive, they have unbridled freedom, okay? And it's a major milestone, but they're not going to get it right the very first time that they go out and sit behind the wheel of a car. And it's important to give them opportunities to try and fail in such a way that they're not going to harm themselves or others. You, you take them down to the end of a dead end street and you let them practice driving in short bursts before you put them on a highway doing 70 miles an hour. And so as adults, it's important for us to structure opportunities for failure that lead to success. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Hey there, have you been listening to this podcast and wondering to yourself, is it possible for me to do a podcast too? The answer is yes. With Anchor, you can do a podcast as easy as one, two, three. All you need is some audio, an Anchor account, and a desire to reach the world. Sign in to Anchor today and get your podcast started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. So as we were discussing in the prior segment, it's important to give opportunities for failure. Specifically, it's important as the adult in a position of authority over teens to give them a chance to fail successfully. As much as that sounds like an oxymoron, it's not. To set them up in such a way that when they make mistakes, that it leads to a place of learning and growth and cultivates 
skill that can be applied at a later time, right? And so I think the example we were talking about was driving. Um, You know, driving is a major responsibility and it is important to get that correct. It's important to fail successfully many, many times before you actually have to do it long-term or consistently over and over again without a lot of supervision, right? So you wanna take them on small streets, you wanna take them out in unpopulated areas, you wanna give them an opportunity to, if you're gonna make them learn how to do a stick shift like I did with my kids, you're gonna take them to places where they can start and stop and start again without, you know, wrecking anything or hurting themselves or anyone else. You want to you want to ease them into um, situations where a lot of cars are present. You want to take them in, you know, put them in places that stretch their comfort zone little by little. And when they make mistakes or when they put themselves in a position that they could learn from, you call that out in such a way or you point that out in such a way that they're willing to take that information and apply it at a later point in time. Um, Another example of allowing your child to fail is letting them cook for themselves. And this is something that can begin as early as say 11 or 12. Maybe you let them make lunch for themselves or you start having them pack their lunches for school or you let them, you know, help you with things in the kitchen when you're making meals or you you teach them the value of, you know, um, trying things. And if they don't work out, well, then, you know, now we know what not to do, right? Um, You have them do it at home, small meals and working their way up so that they don't destroy an entire dinner and put themselves or, or, you know, put the entire family out of, of a meal. But you do what you can to encourage those opportunities so that when they make those mistakes, they're inclined to continue trying And so I think it's important as adults to talk about your attitude, your attitude about failure. And as I said in the earlier segment, I think failure is viewed as absolute. We have gotten away from the idea that failing at something or making mistakes is a learning process and it has become somewhat ingrained in our culture, particularly in the United States, that failure is not allowed that failure leads to an endless string of other failures. And the truth is that the only way to get to a place of success is to fall short, to make mistakes through trial and error, through experimentation, and you know, applying lessons from failed experiments to a renewed experiment and going again and again and again, repetition and, um, the opportunity to perfect a sequence of events until it becomes more second nature. This is the purpose of allowing failure to take root. Now, it's also important, I think, to pay attention to your child's temperament. If they are the sort of individual that is very... um, if they're very rigid in a lot of other things where they have an issue with 
needing routine or needing to manage or micromanage pieces of their life, um, it's important for you to demonstrate in your own approach to the world at large that it's okay to make mistakes or um, that it's okay to learn something. Um, Interestingly enough, if you criticize your child excessively, some parents are constantly in a mode of critique. And if you criticize your child excessively, it does not encourage them to avoid, it encourages them to avoid failure, but it doesn't encourage them to learn from their mistakes. It in fact just teaches them that they should never do anything unless they can be perfect at it. And it sets them up for you know, what I would call analysis paralysis, where they just won't do anything because they can't guarantee that they can be successful at it 100% of the time. And, you know, in order to help your child navigate this process and cultivate skills that are valuable, it's important for them to be able to make mistakes and laugh it off or brush it off or acknowledge the mistake and move forward. Now, of course, I'm talking about things like, you know, practical behavior, things like doing laundry, cooking, um, chores around the house. I'm talking about, like I said, driving, caring for themselves, you know, their hygiene and managing their own schedules, Um, you know, I would not recommend that you put your child in a position of responsibility beyond their demonstrated ability. I don't think that it's important um, or I don't think it's a good idea for parents to set their kids up for failure in such a way that they can't learn something from it. There is a huge difference and um, we'll talk about that when we come back from break. Okay, everybody, we are back. And, you know, just to close this episode out, I want to make it clear that there is a difference between setting your child up for failure in a way that can be harmful and setting them up for failure or allowing them to fail in a way that is productive and supportive. So the difference is that if you are being overly critical or you are constantly putting them in a position to manage things in their own life that are far beyond their actual skill set, you're going to put them in a place where they are likely to fail. And you will, instead of helping them want to try things again until they get it right, you will encourage them to develop a defeated attitude or they will just avoid responsibility altogether because they won't want They won't want to be in a place where they're constantly being a disappointment or where they're not capable of winning, okay? Nobody likes to be rejected. Nobody likes to feel like they can't ever do anything right. And so 
it's it's important that you don't put them in that place. That's not what I'm talking about. And I certainly hope that that's not how it comes across. I don't want you to set your kids up at home, school, or out in the community for them to, you know, just be humiliated or embarrassed or anything else. In fact, allowing them to fail with a successful outcome is doing so in such a way that they you avoid you you help them avoid those major embarrassments and when they have them you help them recover from them by being supportive and teaching them that failure one failure two failures these things you know that that it's okay to practice it's okay to learn that learning and growing and making mistakes are part of life and that nobody is perfect no one is perfect no adult is perfect and no kid is perfect and that there is no such thing as never failing that even if your track record is really good that every single one of us falls short at something in our life and so the goal is to encourage them to come through that failure on to the other side successfully and be stronger, more resilient, more capable, and more interested as a result. Um, And so how do you do that? Well, number one, like I said, you avoid over-criticizing or over-burdening them with responsibilities. You, You load responsibility into their life where you put them in a place of responsibility for things that you know they are capable of doing, okay? Um, so for example, around the age of 11 or 12, it's, t- it's absolutely reasonable to expect them to make their bed, pick up their room, pick out their clothes for school. The kind of failure I'm talking about is um, if they don't make their bed properly, okay, or they don't make it um, in a manner that is consistent with the rest of the household or, um, you know, letting them figure out their own way to make their bed and pick up their room, being very clear about what you want. If you want all their clothes put away, hung up, folded, then when they don't do that, going back and saying, no, what I asked you to do was I want you to hang those clothes in your closet. I want you to fold them and put them in the drawer. When you've done that, come back and see me. Um, that is setting them up to understand clearly what you are expecting of them and how they can meet that expectation. The kind of situation that's not going to help them is just to say, you can never do anything right and to go in and do it for them. That's not going to help them. It's going to teach them, number one, that if they fail enough that somebody else will eventually do something for them or that their work or their ability to do that is never going to be good enough. So why should they even try? So um, things like, like I said, with cooking, if you want them to cook a meal when they make something, you're going to have to eat it. And if it's not edible, then you're just going to have to say, okay, that's not edible. We need to go back and do something else. It's totally okay. (laughs) You know, Um, and maybe that means you're going to have to be more hands on with them until you can relax a little bit and walk away from that situation and give them the flexibility to try on their own without your supervision or direct oversight. Um, 
you know, I can still remember when I got my driver's license feeling like I had done some major thing because I was able to go to the store all by myself. Everybody wants to feel like they're capable and that they have control over their life, right? And as parents, as guardians, as adults who are in support of the community youth, it's important to give them that opportunity to move into responsibility for themselves. And we do that ultimately by saying, I believe you're capable and I know you can do better. And I firmly think that what you're doing, you were on the right track, but I think you need to revisit this particular issue and go back and do it again. And that approach is going to encourage them to try again. It's going to give them a clear parameter for what they need to resolve or fix. And when they do that, it's going to give them a sense of accomplishment and make them feel more capable and better because they made that mistake and learned something from it. That's going to give them a sense of accomplishment and therefore keep them moving in the right direction. Thanks for listening to A Practical Guide for Growing Up. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and share. Take care.